This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're gonna go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Black Monday extends to Tuesday in the NFL as another head coach is let go. We'll get plenty more NFL uh, playoff in, in regular season. Final, that what a week it was in the regular season. We'll get plenty more of that talk here in about 20 minutes. But I did want to mention that the that the Giants have parted ways with Joe Judge, who was their, their head coach the last couple of years. Didn't really get much going there. 10 and 23 overall with the Giants um, coming off a of 4 and 13 season. You kind of wonder what that means for Daniel Jones and some of those key pieces with the Giants moving forward, but uh, we might have a little bit more to say about that around the corner. I did want to give you some of the other news that we've uh, that we had today. Huskers have added DeAndre Jackson from Texas A&M, a running back uh, who is set to be a sophomore, I believe. Five uh, eleven, two hundred fifteen pound running back, originally from Stone Mountain, Georgia, has entered uh, the Nebraska program from the transfer portal. Not necessarily a veteran presence, only has three career carries, um, but he should provide some competition there in the running rec room for Nebraska. Some of the other news uh, that we have for today, Creighton's game against Providence has been canceled due to some COVID issues within the Providence program, so that is uh, of interest uh, for Nebraska basketball locally. Uh, the Big Ten will announce a revised football schedule tomorrow at 11. It's just expected that a few games will be flipped from or to, to the, from road to a, to a home game or from home game to a road game uh, for Nebraska. The expectation is that Nebraska will finish tomorrow with a schedule uh, heading on the road to Purdue to West Lafayette, where it's currently that's slated to be a Nebraska home game. And then they will flip the Wisconsin game as well, which is scheduled to be in Camp Randall at this point. Of course, Nebraska played Camp Randall this past year. So it looks like Wisconsin will be flipped to the home game against Nebraska. We'll see if that is correct. And if anything else happens, I continue to say, uh, then we've got quite a show tomorrow because there will be some big news in the scheduling department. Of course, the other big news that we want to break down right now, Nebraska and Illinois, not necessarily news, but a game. We're getting you ready for the game tonight here in just about two and a half hours. Nebraska has another chance to get off the schneid in the Big Ten, to get off the schneid as far as beating a top 25 team as number 25 Illinois comes into tonight, 7.30, uh, from Pinnacle Bank Arena on BTN. And, of course, uh, with Illinois comes one of the best players in the nation, Kofi Coburn, uh, who is just a force uh, for the fighting Illini. Of course, last year we kind of saw him play second fill to Io DeSumo, one of the best players in the country now with the Chicago Bulls. But this year, Coburn not playing second fill to anybody. 22.5 points. 12 and a half rebounds per game. A seven foot, 285 pounds. So I want to hear from you on the text line, 402-464-5685. Kind of comparing Coburn to last, you know, some other big time presidents, presidents, presences. It's hard to say that. Presences? (laughs) 
big time presence that have entered Pinnacle Bank Arena that you can remember Nebraska playing against um, some of the more intimidating players Nebraska has gone against in the past. And uh, we'll start with asking Eric Strickland, of course, during your playing days, that was back in the Big Eight. Um, you don't want to admit this, of course, when you're playing against them, but do you remember some of the bigger bodies just uh, or more physical-natured guys that you played against that when you went into that game, you just it was kind of an outlier. It wasn't like a normal game. You had to kind of practice and prepare a little bit differently for that big physical presence. Well, we knew we were a physical team, but we also knew that we were small in stature, right? Our center at that time was Bruce Chubbick. So uh, we knew that we were going to run you. We were going to um, use our ability to defend and be physical in different areas um, to be able to to manage any of those type of opposes, uh, opposing um, uh, figures that would come into the Devaney Center. Um, both of the team, both of the players that I, I would say in that particular time was, um, from the same team, actually, um, there was, <clears throat> there was, uh, of course, big country, Brian Reeves, who was an opposing oh, yeah. force for us because of our size. And, and we were able to uh, clip them both in the, um, at the end of the season, when we made our run, I think we had one, we needed to win like six out of seven games in order to, uh, get into the, um, the tournament and, and we should have beat Missouri that year also, but he was definitely one uh, who was an opposing figure. They ended up going to the final four that year and uh, we ended up beating them in the big eight tournament as well uh, for the championship. Uh, the other one for that same team. And <laughs> it was a guy by the name of Byron Houston. Byron Houston was just a freaking freak of nature at that time. He's probably like a six, 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 seven guy, but he was rock diesel and very physical and strong and a presence in the, in, in the paint. So those are the two I think was, was uh, some very opposing figures for us. Did you have anybody in the in, 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 in NBA? I mean, I, I would think specifically. Oh, well, also Chris Webber. Like I, I would say Chris Webber. Chris Webber oh, also. Chris we did play Michigan. But they, you know, we didn't play them at home. We played them in a tournament out in, 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 um, out in, um, in, in Hawaii. And I think we only lost by six. We, if we would have shot the ball better, we probably could have beat them. But we, we didn't shoot the ball as well, and, and they ended up beating. But Chris Webber was a beast as well. That was yeah. You played the. I, I kind of forget sometimes that you guys played the Fab Five. That was kind of that was pretty cool. Uh, and timed. As far as the NBA goes, did you ever like go up against Yao Ming or kind of the tallest guy that you went up against in the NBA? <laughs> it's crazy. I wish I could post it. I actually have a picture of me um, blocking out Yao Ming. Uh, and that's that's the type of stuff I talk about, you know. And 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 so I'm just not when I'm talking. I'm not referencing something that hasn't been done. I mean, it's stuff that you 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 can do, but you've got to be able to willing to stick. Most people don't want to stick their neck in there and and battle big guys. But yeah, I've got a I've got a photo of me blocking out Yao Ming, um, in in a in a, in a shot attempt. And uh, so yeah, I got to face Yao Ming. And of course, I, I played in that generation where there was those types of centers that were there and and and. and you know, Patrick Ewing and uh, Shaq, of course, Shaq was, there's a quick, quick story about that. Um, Shaq, I, um, one time, I think Sean Bradley was just getting torched inside and he was getting murdered. And I spoke out of turn and and I cursed at Don Nelson. I was like, effing put me in the game on him. And (laughs) he actually did it. (laughs) So, So I had to, I covered him for like five minutes, just being physical. You could be physical back then. So, I got a charge or two on him and, you know, he's looking at me like a little, this little ant, what's this little ant doing on me? You know what I mean? So, 
Uh, that was a fun thing that I got a chance to do. That is cool. Yeah, that is a cool story. Why did why did it last five minutes? Did his size eventually catch up to you guys? <laughs> was that? Why did it? Why did he pull you after five minutes of the matchup? Did his size well, eventually I, catch up? Well, I, actually, I think the the fouls I got on him was able to get him out of the game. Oh. <laughs> so, so at that point, I didn't have to be in there on him. So I, yeah, it was like five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I got and, a couple I charges. I forgot you played with Sean Bradley. Talk about a, a, a physical presence as far as the height goes. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Uh, off the text line, uh, some people kind of mentioning about uh, John and Cortland says Wyman Tisdale was quite a presence. Uh, Wyman Tisdale back in his day, of course, with Oklahoma. Um, so that's a pretty good one. Just kind of a, a beast, a brick uh, there. And then uh, it says Brian says all the way back in Dene- in Devaney Center, he mentions big country like you did as well as Tisdale. So those are kind of the, the more physical-natured guys that, that Nebraska uh, fans can remember um, so far off the text line. We encourage you to continue to send that 402-464-5685. I came up with some guys um, that, that kind of – uh, that would, would probably fit in that category. A lot of them seemingly from Purdue. Purdue continues to do that. Of course, Nebraska's next uh, matchup after this Illinois game will be Purdue, and they've got Zach Eady, who's a 7-4 um, big man, so it will continue that way. But I remember maybe the tallest man I've probably ever seen or just the biggest man I've seen is Isaac Haas, who played for Purdue a few years ago. Um, just a huge presence. I mean, he, and he's like just a brick. I mean, he's he's big. He's built. Yeah, I think he was around 7'2", seven, 7'3", seven, but he looked even bigger than that. Um, uh, some of the other names, of course, Matt Harms. What about the kid at Iowa? What about the kid at Iowa last year, Garza? Oh, Luke, Luke Garza. He was kind of a – he's a, like you say, like I keep saying, a brick because all these guys were just so physical, physically natured. Um, that would be definitely one uh, to bring up. Um, off the text line, Stacy King, somebody says, uh, could be a yeah, one. Stacey Mitch King. Richmond, Eric says. Yeah, yeah, Stacy King was definitely – and those guys were out of Oklahoma. I think another one would be like Javon Crudup. Uh, out of Missouri, very strong, six eight, but he was he was very strong. Got dra- drafted, I think, in the second round and, and played a small stint in the NBA. Um, yeah, that was another one. And then you yeah. had uh, well, big big Greg Oster tag out at Kansas. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, played at Utah for a long stint. Uh, he was another one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to press Tim Miles fans, don't forget the most physical presence of all time was an actual Cornhusker with the name of Andre Alma- Almeida. Yeah, Andre Almeida was oh big huge, body, big guy, oh, big yeah. body. He got yeah, fouls for Almeida. being big. <laughs> he basically <laughs> people would run into him and they'd call a foul on him. It yeah, wasn't his fault. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Kip says Blake Griffin. He remembers watching him in college. Yeah, that would be that was a big deal. I mean, just as far as physicality, um, and of course he had his brother there too. The great the Griffin brothers were um, pretty big, and of course Blake way better than his brother Taylor. But um, talk about some athleticism that he was able to show off at the next level. Um, Nebraska didn't have a chance to go up against him. Eric says uh, Danny Manning's another one that he would bring up. Um, of course, that's, that's I don't cool. think Danny was that. I don't think Danny was that physical, though. I mean, yeah. he, eh, he he kind of was a little finesse. He, he had a little finesse game with him, but I wouldn't say he was as, you know, Debo-ish, you know. But, yeah, I mean, he, he could have been in college more so, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think back to some of the Big 12 days, I, I, I too think. I, I don't remember if you – I think you're, you might have probably played against in the NBA. He had a short stint there. But Marcus Pfizer at Iowa State. Marcus – I was just about to say Marcus Pfizer. Yes, sir. Yeah. I actually played with Marcus Pfizer in Milwaukee. We played together. So, oh, yeah, okay, he yeah. was definitely big. Yeah, he'll lay, he'll lay some wood on you. But Marcus is like 6'5", but he played like he was 6'8", 6'9", because he could jump and, 
Yeah, he was very creative in in the paint. Yeah, no yeah, question. Yeah, he was. He was a great power forward for for Iowa State back in the day. And I'm trying to remember that Jamal Tensley, his point guard, uh, for being a small guy, was was quite a quite a brick too. But I mean, he doesn't probably fit in this category. Eric, but I love those Iowa State teams. Eric Snow was a very physical guy too, out at Michigan State. You know him. They they were they were a phenomenal tandem, and Eric Snow and uh, Sean Respert they they were a phenomenal oh, yeah. phen- phenomenal tandem. Um, and then they had a they had a big fella. Um, gosh, what was his name? He had a he had a, a foreign name. Gosh, what was his name? I can't remember. But remember. yeah, they had a, they had a they had a pretty strong strong guy. I think Nebraska also um, had one just just prior to me, Van Polgeest. Rich oh, Van yeah. Polgeest. Yeah, That's he was right. one of them big, strong Russian type, you know, guys. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, we, we used to call him Drago. Like, he had that oh, Ivan yeah. Drago look to him. Like, he was like that. Yeah. Nebraska had their run, too, there a little bit after you were there, where they were getting – they always had kind of the big guy, whether it was, you know, kind of Kamani Friend or Vincent, Vincent Hamilton or, um, you know, these – Marks. Were, yeah, yeah, let's march. I mean, they they had some some of those bigger presences that other teams might be you know mentioning um, if they did a little segment like this. Um, how about the the Morris twins, Marcus and Markeith at uh, at Kansas. Kansas? I've heard yeah. stories about them trying to fight the whole Kansas football team, and I would probably still bet on the Morris twins, despite the uh, fact that yeah. despite the fact they still do that. Pretty hurt. Yeah, they still they still get they still do that in the NBA. <laughs> it, it was it was one of the best things that happened was breaking them up. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they would try to get after you in the game. You'd probably cause some some ruckus if they stayed together. <laughs> did you ever play against Drew Gooden? I think he was probably. I did. Somewhat yep. of a physical presence too there with uh, some of those teams with uh, Collison and Heinrich there too, or uh, yeah, Kirk Heinrich. Those, those teams are kind of fun, but yeah, I mean, there, there's just been a lot of physical players. Um, does anybody specifically come up to mind when you try to compare to Kofi Coburn tonight? I, I, for me, it would have been Byron Houston, but he just didn't have the same height as Coke. But yeah, yeah. That, that, that physicality, and, you know, and to be honest, I really think that Walker has the ability to be like that, you know, um, a little bit more. I mean, he showed some flashes of, of just putting a little, little body on you, creating a little space and, and being able to get the ball up uh, when they faced, I think, um, uh, it, I want to say Michigan State. It was either Michigan State or Ohio State where he was really, you know, attacking the defense with that type of uh, physicality. But um, I would like I, I really would like to see him get to those type of numbers. I, I would like to see him get into that 15 to 18 point range, uh, continue, continue with a high shooting percentage and, and to get them rebound numbers up into the double double range. I think he's very capable. To be yeah, that's going to. That's going to be fun to see kind of do they continue to play through Derek Walker tonight. It's going to be harder for him to get those um, kind of like they've kind of been going to him more over the last couple of games about like feeding the ball through him, let him get his touches down low. It's going to be harder to do against Kofi Coburn, who just is going to have a lot of size, you know, length over him and and kind of a bigger body. Walker's talked about him and he's not shying away. He's saying we're both playing basketball. We both kind of play the the position physically. um, So he's not going to shy away, but that certainly could be, I mean, that's the matchup for tonight to see how Derek Walker uh, can try to contain Kofi um, to a degree. It's really difficult to do. Um, as, as we talked to Chris Baston early on, uh, you know, there's a lot of shooters that can hurt you 
if Kofi decides to pass it out. So even if Walker does his job well, Illinois is just a tough matchup. Brad Underwood's got a quite a, a, a crew out there. Um, but I think that that's got to be the big one. And then staying out of foul trouble, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow along. Of course, every every game is foul trouble for Eduardo Andre. Um, <laughs> but Derek Walker has to, to carry a load. And carrying the load tonight is probably the toughest matchup in the country at the center position. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he he is, uh, you know, shooting at a high clip, 62 percent, uh, averaging 22 points. I mean, they've had some success, um, you know, with that. But we'll, we'll, it's going to be interesting. It's, it, you know, I think they've done a good job of their rotations, doubling, you know, forcing them to make adjustments, not allowing them to get to low post position. That's going to be a major feat tonight if they allow him to get get paint touches and and real deep low low post because that's going to open it up for the for the uh, three point shots for them. Uh, but definitely quick rotations, uh, great communication is going to be imperative for them to even have some any type of success tonight with the way that this team plays and the style that they play. And it, it's it's also interesting too. Of course, last year they had Io DeSumo, which was one of the best players in the country. They had the number one a number one seed by the time they got to the NCAA tournament. So I think that it was even a better a better team last year in Illinois. And Nebraska was able to to take them right to the brink. I mean, DeSumo had a big had a big shot in Pinnacle Bank Arena to get that win. Do you think that that's that we're going to see a close game tonight? That Nebraska can feed off that Pinnacle Bank Arena crowd, even, you know, coming off that Rutgers game, I think that might be just part of it is, you know, the the, the natural energy that you get from the crowd um, can help you kind of compete in those games. And maybe that's why they've been a little bit sleepy in some of these games where they're not competing, although some of those have been at Pinnacle Bank too. They have to get off to a good start. They, 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 can't, they can't play from, from the bottom up because the style that Illinois plays inside out, it bodes well for – for a team that is able to maintain leads or push leads. So, you know, they're very capable of making 10-0, 15-0 runs on you because of the fact that, uh, of their of their physicality. If they get out on you and they have a, you know, six, eight point, they run, they know what they're running. They're going through the, the big fella. So um, when you get leads on, on teams that uh, are trying to get back into a game against a physical team, also a team that, that offensive rebounds <laughs> very well. It, it's it's really tough. So you want to make sure that you're not allowing uh, heavy runs to get out. You want to you want to turn the ball over. I think that was a major problem for them in this last game. Um, one of the things that they haven't done that Rutgers did is they turned them over, and and by turning them over, they took advantage of it. I mean they they turned them over. I think 17 times, but they had 25 points off of 17 turnovers. So uh, that's what Nebraska hasn't been able to do on that level. I mean, they've turned people over, but they just haven't been able to convert those into opportunities. They need to do something like that tonight. I mean, they have to be able to turn them over and cause, uh, be scrappy. They need to be very, um, very mobile, and their communication's got to be on point. You can't have two guys running at one shooter because if you leave one of those guys open, it's just like, it's like target shooting for them. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating if they if they play that kind of lackadaisical defense they did against Rutgers. It's going to be it's going to be trouble against Ugly. Illinois. And they but they they're capable. Ugly. We know they're capable of playing better defense. It's kept them in some games this season. So hopefully they can bring that energy tonight. Uh, it'll be big as as kind of the question all year's kind of been is how to get Alonzo Verge going uh, within the flow of the offense. 
um, because they need him to have a big game if you're going to win a game like this. Um, and, and, you know, there's been games this year where he can be the leader and, and you can and you can play through him. And, and, and you know, he, he kind of, kind of is, is – been that point guard that they kind of wanted to turn him into and then there's games where he's just kind of you know ball dominant and and maybe just trying to do everything is by himself and it almost seemed like he's been getting back to that you know it's kind of been a waves of, of doing that and not doing it and, and he's kind of back into um, not playing too well the last couple of games so they they've got to get him going if they're going to be able to to win one of these games and then of course uh, you want to see Bryce take that next step too, because he at least had a good game against Rutgers where just about nobody else did. Uh, he actually, he at least uh, put up a pretty good performance. So uh, you want to see that continue to, to develop for that. That was a great point that I wanted to just reference because one of the things I've talked about in the show in previous uh, shows that we've had is I want Bryce to take the challenge, right? So the matchups and the challenge of, of a Bryce um, in a matchup against a Harper, you know, yes, you have a solid game. Yes, you do very well. But then Harper goes nuts for 30 and, you know, it washes out what you've done. Right. So yeah. so like for me, for example, I mean, even though at one point I was either leading in scoring or, you know, tied or second to Jerron, my thing was I want the challenge. I want their best player. And and if if I have their best player, he's not going nuts. But I'm going to have a good game. So if I have 17, he's going to have 14. If I have 20, he's going to have 14. If I have 28, he's going to have 18. I'm going to win that battle. And I think I want I want to see Bryce do that more. I don't I don't want you know, if you look at the matchups that he's had as of late, you know, what I'm saying he's lost those matchups and I want him to take that challenge. It's just not about you having a good game or having a solid game. You've got to take the challenge on who you're looking across from, you know what I mean? And not allow that person just to dominate that matchup against you. And, and that's what I want to see more from him. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. I think sometimes I do, you know, myself included, a lot of people get kind of lost in watching his offensive game develop and, and trying to get, uh, you know, be aggressive and get to the rack. And so, you know, when he puts up 17 points or whatever, you think that's pretty solid. But his defense has a long way to go. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, he's not necessarily the guy that I would, you know, like you said, you had that mentality. If I'm the head coach, I, I don't know if I put him against their best guy. He's got the length for it. He's got the athleticism nah. for it. He just doesn't have the dog in him that his brother has. And that's kind of that what part. everybody's kind of waiting to see his brother come back. That's but. exactly right. Because, you know, Trey, Trey will take the challenge. And so, you know, I, I, I really think for Bryce to become a, a very good pro, it's it's gonna it's gonna have to be something to where he's gonna be able to meet those challenges because if it's gonna be a, a net negative when you're looking across from him, yeah, you're you're gonna get great time, you're gonna play because of what you do and your skill set, but you know, can they say they want you in the game in the last five minutes of the game? Do they can they say they want you in the game in the last three matched up against Kevin Durant or you know, or matched up against Kawhi yeah. Leonard or you know what I'm saying, or or matched up against the likes of 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 some of the premier you know, small forwards, two guards uh, in the league, right? So that's the thing he's got. If he wants to be able to have a long and sustained career, um, you know, I don't think he's going to, and he could be, but Carmelo Anthony was able to get away with it because of just what he was in, in, in what he did, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it didn't mount to championships though. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you averaged and killed people, but you know, 
when it's time to lock down and get it done, were you able to do that? And I think that's what, what people are going to be looking at now. If you look at the Chicago Bulls, that's what they're trying to do. I mean, they're just saying, we're going to we're gonna beat you, but we're also going to lock you down when it's time to get locked down, and that's causing them to win games. Yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting tonight to see and, and just watch his development again uh, throughout the season, and, and maybe we can see that a little bit more on the defensive end. I know I'll, I'll be plugging my eyes to it a little bit more tonight when they take on the Illini. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we will break down uh, some of the playoff matchups ahead, look at some of what happened in Week 18 uh, in the NFL. That's coming up next here uh, with myself, Jake Bachman, and Eric Strickland. This is On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket.